Jesus' name, amen. Now, I don't know what your policy is at home. Uh, I know that I've lightened up over the years. Um, you see, I used to be a very strict no Christmas music, no Christmas movies, uh, no Christmas cookies, no Christmas decorations until December 1st. Uh, but in my old age, I guess I've gotten soft. Uh, <laughs> Because now it's the day after Thanksgiving, and for me, it is game on. And that's how it was last weekend. By last Saturday, uh, we were getting the Christmas tree ready. Uh, we were putting the decorations around the house. We had our hot chocolate with candy canes in it as we, we sat by the, the tree there. Uh, we had the lights outside. We had the music playing. Uh, it, it, it was time to start getting ready. Uh, maybe, maybe you have your Christmas tree or you've had it up for the past month or so. But uh, I know I'm not the only one uh, that, that has been ready for the past week uh, because you walk in, like I said at the beginning, to any Target or, or Walmart, any store, and you've seen Christmas decorations for months. Uh, walk around the neighborhood, you've seen the lights, the Christmas music has been playing. Uh, this is, it's this time of year. And, and one of the things that I love about this, this time of year, December, is that there is so much to love. There's, there's a little bit of something for everyone. Uh, there's a place for everything. Uh, there's so much to, to love uh, about this time of year. Uh, but I was uh, interested to hear what you all liked about this time of year as we look forward to Christmas. So if anyone wouldn't mind sharing, what's your favorite part about this time of year? Anyone have a favorite part here? I love the music. I'm, I love music, so for me it's music. But anyone else? Anna? Anyone, everyone seems a little bit more united. Yeah, we all are, are looking forward to the same thing, and we're all united that way. I thought I saw a couple... Lights, yeah, I love driving around, seeing the lights. I love that. Snow, you like the snow, so you haven't been too happy yet because we've been missing out on that. Yeah, good. Holiday concerts, yeah, that's a, that's a fun part of this time of year. I appreciate that too. Anything else? The movies on the home, there, there are some good ones, yeah. And you cry every time. You know what's going to happen, but yeah. Did I see someone else? Giving gifts, yeah, yeah, good, good. Getting them isn't too bad either, but giving, yes. Food, all the, the food, yeah, yeah, anything. The Christmas tree? Yes, yes, I love that, yeah. Uh, real or fake? <laughs> Doesn't matter, just the tree. Okay, good, good. Yeah, good, as long as there's a start. Yeah, I, uh, one of the things, like I said, that I love about this season is that there is so much to love. If you like music, we got music. If you like trees, we got trees, real trees, fake trees. Uh, there are cookies and roasting chestnuts and snowflakes and hot chocolates and candy canes, all of it. There's, there's something for everyone, and there's a place for everything, and I, I love that. Uh, well, I should say there's a place for most everything, right? Uh, because, of course, there, there are some things uh, that, that we have not made room for in December. Uh, there are some things uh, that we tend to push out this time of year. Uh, there's a place for, for most everything, for joy and happiness and peace and cookies and music and trees and family and snow. But it seems to me, at least sometimes, as though we have not made much room for sadness. This time of year, there doesn't seem to be a place for grief or mourning or, or lamenting. We, we just don't seem to make room for that. I mean, this is the time of year for, for happiness, right? For Santa Claus, for smiles and, and cookies and everything bright. And it seems as though we have not made much room in our lives this time of year for broken hearts, for sadness, for questions, for doubts, uh, for tears. 
And, and of course, it's not as though those things just go away this time of year, right? It's, it's not as though that once the calendar flips to December that we're suddenly happy all the time and, and we're never sad. That's not true. It's, it just seems to me that sometimes we, we take those things, our sadness, our guilt, our grieving, our mourning, our lamenting, and we box them up, we, we wrap them tightly, we tie them tight, we stick them on a shelf, uh, only to be taken out once Christmas is over. Because no one, not this time of year, wants to hear about our Christmas blues, do they? <laughs> No one, even the most generous person, doesn't seem to want to hear about our family problems this time of year. We're all supposed to get along and, and be united, and no one wants to hear that our, our kids won't talk to us or that our in-laws want nothing to do with us. This is a season of joy. It, it can sometimes feel like no one, maybe not even God, wants to hear our cries, our, our mourning, our, our lamenting. And so we box those things up and we, we stick it away until the season is over. There doesn't seem to be much of a place for grief for lament, for cries. Uh, and if that is our approach to Christmas, and sometimes I think it can feel like that, if, if that is how we approach this season, then our, our psalm for today, which we heard earlier, can, can seem awfully out of place. And, and maybe you read it and you thought to yourself, that, that would be a great psalm for Lent or uh, Good Friday, but, but here it is in Advent. It's really, uh, if, you, if you heard it, just one long lament, one long cry to God. And, and I don't need to read the whole thing for you again, but uh, if you'd like to follow along, I'll read just part of it. It's on page four in your bulletin. And again, here are God's people as they cry out to him, as they lament. And, and this is what they st- say, uh, starting in the third paragraph, verse four. God's people cry to him and they say, How long, Lord God Almighty? How long will your anger smolder against the prayers of your people? You, God, have fed them with the bread of tears. You have made them drink tears by the bowlful. You have made us an object of derision to our neighbors. Our enemies mock us. Restore us, God Almighty. Make your face shine on us that we may be saved. Now, we don't know exactly what was going on during this psalm that caused God's people to cry out to him. We, we don't know the situation exactly, but obviously things were not good. <laughs> obviously, there was some sadness, some hurt, some confusion. And so they cried out to him, Lord, why are you doing this? Why are you letting this happen to us? Why is there all of this pain and this hurt? See, what I, I think this psalm reminds us is that God invites, even welcomes in, our laments, uh, even this Advent, even this Advent, God has not closed his ears to your cries. He welcomes them in. You're grieving, you're mourning, you're, you're broken hearts. God, God invites you to bring those things to him, even in the season, which for many of us is supposed to be that season of joy and happiness and smiles. God, God knows of our broken hearts and he welcomes that in. He says, bring all of that to me, even this Advent. Uh, which for some of us can be hard to do. Uh, Not just in Advent, but all year long. It can be hard for us to come to God with tears in our eyes and and broken hearts. Uh, Partly because some of us maybe have been told that uh, that's not what Christians do. Uh, Christians are joyful people, right? And we're supposed to have the joy of the Lord. We can't be sad. We can't come to God with broken hearts. I mean, we have peace and or maybe we've been told or we've just come to believe that if, if you lament and you grieve and, and you mourn, that must mean that you don't have faith or hope. And if we were real Christians or good Christians or real good Christians, we, we wouldn't have anything to mourn or grieve about. 
but, I, but I actually believe the opposite is true. Uh, I believe that it is because we have this amazing faith in Jesus, uh, because we have hope in Jesus, the hope that just as he came in the manger, that one day he will come again, because uh, as Christians, we, our lives are immersed in hope. It is because of that faith and that hope that, that we come to Jesus and we lay our hearts before him. We give him our laments, our tears, our broken hearts. Uh, this is what I mean. Um, Around, around the summer of 1992, uh, I had an internal crisis. My world was shaken in that summer. Uh, and that's because uh, one of my brothers, and I won't tell you which one uh, in case you meet him, one of my brothers uh, told me that I did not have a brain, uh, but I had rocks in my head. <laughs> that, that my brain, I don't know if I was born with one or it was taken from me, but, but my, my head was filled with rocks. And of course I didn't believe him, Uh, I told them that I I knew I had a brain, that I was a pretty smart little boy. Uh, Of course, I had a big brain, right? But he was insistent. He said, no, you you don't have a brain. You have rocks in your head. Uh, We went back and forth for a while. We were standing in the backyard uh, next to my parents' shed. And as we stood there, he said, well, if you don't believe me, shake your head. I said, all right, here we go. I shook my head, and I heard rocks. And I said, I was a little confused. I was a little hurt. I was a little sad. We argued a little more. He said, you don't believe me? Try it again. So I shook my head, and again, I heard the rocks. This went back and forth a few times and, until finally I was so sad, so hurt, so confused about what was going on that I went running. And now, what I didn't know is that on the other side of that shed was my brother's friend, and, and he had a big bucket of rocks. And every time my brother would say, shake your head, my brother's friend would shake the bucket of rocks, and I thought I had rocks in my head. But, but regardless, anyway, I went running. I was sad. I was confused. I was hurt. And, and do you know who I went running to? My mom. My mom. Of course. And do you know why I went running to my mom? It's because I had faith in her. It's because I had the hope that if anyone could do something, it would be my parents. I had the hope that that mom could solve this problem. I had the hope that she had the answers to this, that she could explain what was going on. And so I went to her with those tears in my eyes and the sadness in my heart. I went to mom. Parents, it's it's probably the same for most of you, right? When your child, when, when they skin their knee or their pet fish dies or the kids are picking on them at school, they come to you. And why do they do that? Because they believe you. They, they believe that you can do something. They have the hope that you'll have the answers or, or that you can fix the problem. And, and when they come to you, you don't just tell them to get lost, I hope, but you, you welcome them in because you've been there too. Maybe it's been years since you skinned a knee or your pet fish died, but you certainly know what hurt feels like. You definitely know what it's like to be sad. And so when your child comes to you with tears in their eyes, brokenhearted, confused, wondering, lamenting, you welcome that in. You listen. You try to solve their problems. And that's how it is with our God. We have the faith that, that he can do something about our problems. We have hope for, for a better future, a better, a perfect eternity. We have the hope that one day Jesus will wipe every tear from our eye and mend our broken hearts. And because we have that foundation, we go to him and he hears us because he's been there too. Our, our God, Jesus, knows what it's like to hurt. He knows what it's like to cry. He, he knows what it's like to die. And so when we come to him with our laments, even in this Advent season, he welcomes it in. He, he listens to us and he's done something about it. He's died and then he made a promise that he's coming back one day. 
Now, the hard part about all of this, uh, the hard part about our hope in Jesus is that we would like to think sometimes that because we have this amazing hope that all of our problems will go away, right? That because we have the hope uh, of Jesus that we won't have a reason to cry anymore, our hearts won't get broken, but you all know that that's not true. As long as we live in this world, until Christ returns, we will have problems, we will hurt, we will grieve, we will lament. And so the, the, the challenge for us, I think, as Christians, or the temptation that comes to us is, is that sometimes we are tempted to, to find a new hope or to trade in our hope for a, a better hope, right? Because sometimes the temptation comes into our hearts and minds, into our ears that says, wait a second, I've been hoping in Jesus for a long time now, and where has that gotten me? <laughs> My life's a mess, I'm sad. People keep dying. I'm, I'm sick. And so maybe I need to find a new hope. And so we put our hope in our careers or we put our hope in our, our bank accounts or we put our hope in other people. And the temptation for us as Christians is, is to be looking and searching for a new hope. But, but our calling as Christians is to remain firm in the hope that we have in Jesus, to hold on and cling to that hope in our Savior who came once and who's coming again. Uh, this is what that can look like. Uh, every once in a while, uh, my wife and I, we will be somewhere, I don't know, out to dinner. And, uh, and sitting maybe at the table across from us will be another couple. And uh, that couple has clearly been together longer than, than we have. Maybe they are 65, 75, 85, 95 years old. And, and as we look at that couple across from us, uh, my wife and I will kind of look at each other and sometimes we won't even say anything. Uh, sometimes our eyes will just meet and we'll smile, but every once in a while we'll kind of whisper to each other and we'll say, I hope that's us. And, and we say that because that other couple who's, who's been together for forever, uh, because as they sit there, they're still holding hands. And maybe we, we watch them as their eyes kind of glimmer at each other. And as they sit there, they're, they're talking to each other. Uh, they're, they're telling each other stories. They're smiling. They're laughing and as we watch that couple, we, we, we sometimes say to ourselves, I want that to be us. We don't know how they got there after 50, 60, 70 years together, uh, but they, the, it's very clear, the love, it fills their hearts. Now, now, I've only been married for three and a half years, so by no means do I have all of the answers, but here's what I think I do know about that couple. Uh, the reason uh, they are able to be where they are today, the reason uh, that they are able to hold each other's hands and look into each other's eyes is not because throughout their marriage they somehow avoided pain and suffering. Uh, the reason that, th that they can sit there at that table with love filling their eyes and their hearts is not because when things got rough throughout their marriage that, that they, they left each other to, to, to put their hope in other people. No, no, the reason that they are able to sit there after all of those years with love, years with love in their hearts is, is because when the pain and suffering came, they, they held on tight. And the reason that they can sit there with love in their hearts is, is because they endured, that they didn't go off to other people, but, but they remained firm. And it's not that, the, that they didn't suffer or that they didn't lament or that they didn't have a reason to cry, but, but that they held on tight through all of those years. You see, that's how it is with our God. He doesn't promise us that life will be easy or that we won't have a reason to cry, but what he has promised is that he will hold on tight, that he will never let go. No matter what we go through, he will always be there. And, and then as Christians, we, we hold fast. 
to that hope we have in Jesus. We don't go off looking for newer hopes or better hopes, but we cling firmly to the hope we have in Christ. Even as the tears fall down our face and our hearts are broken, we hold fast to the Savior who has held fast to us. In Jesus' name, amen.